Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you have a story you'd like to share, please do so at adventure.church slash my story. Also, if you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do that online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare to hear a word from God. I'm pumped to get into the Word of God today. Um, we are going to get right into um, the Word of God. We're going to jump um, to the book of Matthew here in just a second. Matthew is, uh, was a disciple of Jesus. He encountered and experienced so many incredible things. I mean, can you just imagine walking around with Jesus? I mean, now, we, now listen, we still have a good deal. The only raw part about it is that he's invisible, right now, and we don't get to see him, but can you imagine me and Matthew, like Jesus is right there, you are watching him do incredible things, and so Matthew is recounting back at the beginning of Jesus' ministry before all the miracles, before any of the healings, and and this is what happens. Chapter four, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted, and he became very hungry. Somebody say hungry. Now, you said that like you had a light breakfast. This is 40 days without food. Somebody say, hungry, hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I would love for you to turn to your neighbor and announce to them my sermon title today. I would love for you to say, I... Already eight. I'm good. Man, there, there's a lot of frustrations with God. If we were just being real today, how many of y'all get frustrated with having a relationship with God? Come on, just raise your hand. Let me see it. Okay, we get frustrated. I mean, he's an infinite being. Like, I mean, anyone here that says, man, I just get him. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I spend so much of my relationship with God where I'm like, what? I don't know what you're doing. Who are you anyways? Right, we've got all these frustrations and and they're funny and they're honestly kind of comical because we've got like this awesome and amazing God that we can't get because he is infinite, he is vast, he is large, he is amazing, He he has been there since the beginning. He is the beginning and yet that's the thing that we complain about because we can't explain it. And yet it is funny how we give grace the people situations that happen into our lives and we don't give that same grace to God because we don't get him. Isn't that funny? I mean, just think of all the things in your life that you experience and you don't require an explanation of how they're working. Anyone got a 4K TV, a new 4K TV? All right, okay. Your 4K TV, man, is it, is it pretty amazing? Is it, what's, I mean, movies, watching movies, sports, it's all phenomenal. The picture's crystal clear. Okay, would you feel comfortable coming up on this stage and explaining to me all the process and all the happenings that are happening within that machine after you turn on? Everything that's going on? No, okay. Then doesn't exist. That can't be real. I mean, if he can't explain. Isn't that funny how we do that to God? Where because we can't explain him, we refuse to experience him. And, and amidst all those frustrations, we won't get to those today. But we, one frustration and one annoyance that we have with God has no bearing and no, no foundation. And it's the frustration that he can't relate to us. I mean, do you know how Jesus chose to enter this world? Like, like he did not come down from heaven and immediately start kicking it with Kanye and the Kardashians. Okay, it was like, you know, it wasn't like, boom, he's paparazzi, everyone's following. Like, no, no, no. So 
So Jesus not only leaves heaven, he comes down to earth, and it's time for him to be born to Mary, a virgin. Somebody say inexplainable. I'm going to explain that to your kids. What does that mean? Talk to them later. And then it's time for him to come into this world, and they're in Bethlehem trying to find a place for Jesus to make his grand entrance, and God forgot to schedule in hotel. Like, he forgot to get on Trivago. I don't know what the deal is there. All of a sudden, they're walking from hotel. No, we have no room. No room in the inn. But there was a cave. There was a dirty, dusty cave. And that's what Jesus chose to make his amazing entrance in the world. I think that's funny. And I'm like, ah, what's the deal? Like, you know, get a travel agent, Plan ahead. I mean, we plan sermon series at Adventure Church with more preparation time. Like, what's the deal here? Or, or is it that God does everything on purpose? Is it maybe that God's trying to get to the point across that I like to bring light out of dark places? You know, it's funny that they were going all around that town, no room in the end, no room in the end. And God's like, see that cave over there? That'll work just fine. You know what? I believe some of you are in here and God's been trying to get that message across to you where he's been pointing to things in your life that you're like, ah, like, you don't, I, I'm not good at that, God. That can't be used. He's like, no, that's just fine. I like to work in dark places. Somebody say, don't discount the dark. Don't discount the dark. Jesus loves bringing light out of dark places. And throughout his entire ministry, he made his aim to associate with us. How amazing that a perfect God wants to relate to us, wants to know how it really is, wants to know what our struggles feel like. Makes me think of the time that a leper came to Jesus and asked for healing. Y'all know what lepers, leprosy? Some of y'all aren't, you know, not in your heads. I went to 13 years of Christian school. I got you covered, okay? Leprosy was a skin-eating disease. Somebody say bad day. That's a bad day. And this disease was so bad because it not only ate your flesh, but it ate away at your life. It ate away at your relationships. Because if you had this disease, you were excommunicated from everybody. The family that you loved, they couldn't be around you anymore. If anyone even came near to you and and drew the same breath that you were breathing, they had to go to the temple, go to the temple down to the Jordan River, bathe in it like seven times, come back, am I good? Yeah, you're good, just stay away from that guy for a while. Can you imagine living that type of a life? And yet Jesus, Jesus is performing miracles. This leper uh, gets word that God does amazing things. Maybe God can change my situation. And he comes to, to Jesus and Jesus heals him. And I love that but you wanna know what I love even more than just the fact that Jesus healed him? I love how Jesus healed him. Because when Jesus was asleep in the boat with his disciples and they were freaking out and there was a storm and he sat up and he told that storm, shut up, you just disturbed my nap. When Jesus went to his buddy Lazarus, who was dead in the, the grave, Jesus spoke into the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. But with this leper, you wanna know what he did? He reaches out and he touches the leper and he says, be healed. I love that we have a God that is not afraid to get close to us. That makes me think of my mini bike when I was 12 years old. My parents got me a mini bike and they said, hey, hey, why don't you have fun with this, but just don't drive too fast. I didn't listen. 
No. And like, let's just be honest about this story because I'm going to make it sound like I was going so fast. This thing barely went 10 miles an hour. Like, I'm just going to be honest, guys. Like, this is more of an, a user error on this accident that I encountered, okay, rather than it was wielding a beast of power, okay? They got it for like $50 at a rummage sale. I'm driving my mini bike, and my parents said, don't drive too fast, and I'm trying to take this thing as fast as I can, and I'm taking a turn, and I take the turn too fast, and I wipe out, and I thought it was fine until I got up, reached down to grab the handlebars, and took a look at my leg, and I saw a part of my calf that I had never seen before. I was seeing it from the inside out. The kickstand had come out and punctured my leg. I'm sorry. Don't worry. You've got like an hour before you'll eat lunch. You'll be good. And so I freak out and I'm running like a 12-year-old chunky kid down. Mom, mom, mom. And I get up to the window. She was all about helping me. She really was until she saw the wound. And then at that point, she's like, good God. Oh my God. Oh, like, <laughs> please. You want to know what's awesome about our God is there's nothing in you that God steps back from. There is nothing in your life, who you are, what you've done, that God's like, ooh, (laughs) I didn't know that was there. I mean, if I would have known, like cover that up. But rather from the things that we think God is stepping back from, he wants to step in. He's like, let me take care of that. Man, Jesus loved to relate to us. And so it's only fitting that right from the start, Jesus faces some struggle if we go to our, our text Matthew 4, 1 says, And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and for 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Okay, so the the thing that first just kind of hits me about this is like, I don't get this whole statement where it says the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Like, that's funny to me that God scheduled a date with the devil Like Jesus got out his iPhone 7 and pulled up his Google calendar and put struggle in his schedule. I'm going out there to be tempted. And I think that's funny, but even more than I think it is humorous, I think that's kind of hard to grasp because I am so surprised every time I hit struggles, opposition, resistance of any kind in my life. Is anyone there with me? I mean, every time you've tried to do anything in your life, all of a sudden it's just a little hard. And I'm like, oh God, why is this happening? Jesus, you said it was gonna be easy in here somewhere. Like, what's the deal? And I gotta believe that Jesus had a different outlook on opposition than you and I do. What I think is that, is that Jesus didn't view resistance as an indication that, was, that something was wrong. I think Jesus knew that resistance is often an indication that you're actually moving. I I feel like I gotta illustrate this. Tyler, Tyler Berger, come on up here. Hey, give it up for my buddy, Tyler Berger. Come on. Tyler, thank you so much for being here. Tyler is one of our amazing, amazing life group leaders. He also preaches on Wednesday nights. This guy is a powerhouse and he's personally my best friend. And so I knew I had just had to rope him up here. And so while I got Tyler up here, I would love to just pick your brain about Collide because there's parents here, there's students here. They're like, eh, I don't know if I should check out this Collide thing. So real quick infomercial. Tyler, why does Collide matter? Well... <laughs> I would say, Jake, that I remember being in my like student group because I was in one when I was in middle school and high school. And like to this day, I look back and still see the things 
that impacted my life then and how they still, you know, impact my life now. And not only that, they changed me, but they changed my whole family. And that's why it matters to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so let's just say this upcoming Wednesday night, a student here is thinking about it, thinking about coming here. What would you say they can expect to experience when they come to Clyde? Uh, well, Collide is just that. It is a collision of fun, of games, of pies in the face, and buffalo wing eating contest, and God. God is right there in the middle of the pies. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about resistance. Um, uh, Tyler, for the, the usage of this illustration, is going to be the devil. Okay. Fitting. You didn't know that the devil had such a striking jawline. Um, but he's going to be the resistance. And let me just cue you in, man. Your students are facing resistance. You need to know this. Because I don't know, like, maybe it's after you turn 25. For me, I started making this comment every time a student came up to me. It was like, life is hard. And I'm going, life is hard? You're 12. <laughs> Please, no. Go on. Tell me how life is hard. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. A 12-year-old, when a 12-year-old has to walk into their school and they know they're going to get bullied that day, they know they're going to be demeaned that day, they're going to be spoken down to that day, that's probably the same trauma that you'd feel if your spouse walked out on you. <laughs> when a, when a, a 15-year-old feels like they have to live up to all of these expectations that their parents have on them, that their teachers have on them, that their sports have on them, that's like, I would say it's comparable to you losing your job, but you still have to pay for rent. They're facing resistance, and, and no one personifies resistance better than the devil. And so the devil shows up, the devil shows up just on time, and he begins to resist. And so go ahead and resist, okay? So we've got this picture of resistance, which I, I like, honestly, like, this just doesn't feel, I guess it doesn't feel hard. Why is this, like, why am I not feeling the resistance? Oh, because I'm not. Oh, because I'm not moving forward. But if all of a sudden I take start taking a step, oh, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? I think I'll just stay right here. You can just put your hands on me. That's fine. Because I think this is where a lot of us live our lives. <laughs> because remember that one time you tried to read your Bible, and then you were like, I think I need to know Greek to understand this, and so I'll just stay right here. Or that time you tried to work on your marriage but then you fought that whole weekend more than you ever had. And so it's just like, you know what? We can like cohabitate and it'd be fine. Like we can just, we're good. Like why, 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 why try? Or, or, or that time that you financially gave and started to trust God with your finances and then your transition blew the next week. <laughs> okay, God, real funny. And all of a sudden the resistance shows up in our life, but here's the deal. You're not gonna be surprised by it any longer because Jesus wasn't surprised. Jesus put in a schedule. He said, you wanna know what? I'm gonna get this ministry rolling. I'm about to change this world. And so you wanna know what? When the devil shows up in my week, I'm not gonna respond by going, oh my goodness, where did you come from? I had no idea you were gonna show up, but rather Jesus shows up and he says, oh, you're right on time. I was planning on you showing up. Because God's going to do some things in my life, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And so the fact that you're pushing up against me is actually an indication that I'm starting to step forward. And so as I'm stepping forward, as he shows up on my week, you want I planned on it. I already knew this was going to happen, so you want to know what I did? I baked you some cookies, devil. I did. I knew you were coming, and when company comes over, you bake them some cookies. But these aren't just any type of cookies. They're imaginary. Yes, dream with me. 
They're conqueror cookies. They're Romans 8.38 cookies that say you are more than a conqueror. And there's nothing, nothing that can stand in your way and hold you back from the plan that I've got over your life. And so you can eat these cookies, devil, how they taste. Bad. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And we begin to push, and we begin to push. Come back in so the podcast can see you. Um, and what's even more awesome than this, I love this next part, is that as we begin to step, we begin to get stronger. Because it reminds me of when I was in sixth grade and I had come back to school from a summer of football practice and Josh Watts came up to me and we were at recess. This is very intimate right now with Tyler and I here. <laughs> and I was wearing shorts for recess. Josh caught a look at my calves and he said, how'd you get such big calves, man? <laughs> and I said, I've been pushing some stuff. And here's what God wants to do in your life. Your willingness to take the first step into the difficulty, into the resistance, is actually preparing you for the next one. Somebody say, keep stepping. And give it applause for this guy. Get out of here. (laughs) Devil shows up right on time. Shows up with his attack. That's the first thing you gotta know is that there is going to be an attack on your life. But the attack will not utilize the mechanisms that you think the devil is going to use. You see, he comes and he asks him, if you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread, which I'm like, doesn't sound too bad. I mean, come on, how do we imagine the devil? If this is the devil, the big bad devil showing up in the desert, I don't know. I'd think that he'd be pulling in with a golf cart with two kegs in the back and a line of cocaine. I mean, that's the devil. The devil is on bad stuff, but he doesn't work that hard. He doesn't work that hard. Y'all, we can say what we want about the enemy, but he is efficient because he don't attack that way. No, 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 no. He just tries to attack your identity. If you are, if you are who God says you are, because he knows that if he can just jolt you on what you believe about yourself and what God has spoken about you, if if he can just get you to question that you were created with purpose, He knows we'll figure it out. We'll start living meaningless and pointless lives, chasing things that could never, ever affirm us. He knows that that if he can just get us to become a little bit unstable, that we live a life of power through the Holy Spirit that's within us, he knows we'll take care of the rest. We'll start living through a loser mentality. I just shouldn't try anything feel like God wants me to do this, but I just always mess up. Now, he, he, he doesn't work that hard. He attacks our identity, but you also need to know that he doesn't attack your identity head on. He comes in from the side. He tries to blindside you. He attacks the need that you don't have, which is affirming your identity, which is paid for on the cross of Christ, where God said, you're worth it, you're loved, you're valuable. I don't gotta prove that, but he'll attack that need that you don't have through the need that you do have. If you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. You're looking pretty hungry, Jesus. I mean, you're looking, looking, looking pretty weak, looking like you haven't ate in a while. <laughs> I mean, come on, Jesus, you are hungry, right? You know what, I, 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 bet, I bet Jesus, you know, if you were the son of God after all, You could just turn these stones to bread. 
I, I bet if you were that, I mean, you can answer this whole hunger problem right here, right now. You've heard this voice before. Feeling inadequate, aren't you? Feeling like you haven't won in life in a while. Feeling like you haven't accomplished much. You're 35 years old. I mean, come on, what do you got to show for it? You know, if you were, if you were created with meaning, if you were created with great worth, if you really did have a plan, you'd be, you'd be winning, wouldn't you? So, so come on, prove it, show up. And he is so well-practiced in this. He has been doing this. The devil has been doing this some, since the very beginning of time. I'll show you. In the Garden of Eden, how did, how did the devil attack Eve? He tried to jar her perspective of who God was. And once he jarred her perspective of who God was, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from that tree? Well, yeah, that's what he said. I bet you this is it, is that God doesn't want you to be like God. You know, what's crazy is that we were created in the image of God. <laughs> and he created a need that she didn't have. But all of a sudden, because her identity and God's identity had been brought into question, it was like, I gotta have that. I gotta know. And she eats the fruit. Sin enters the situation. And what happens next? Adam and Eve run and they hide. God comes down walking through the garden. Hey, where are you at? And they come out from the bushes. He's like, why were you hiding? And so because we were, we were afraid and ashamed. Why were you afraid and ashamed? And they said, because, because we're naked. Heads up. They were naked the whole time. But sin will make you see needs in yourself that you don't have. Sin will make you think you need that. I just need a relationship. I just do. I just, I have needs. I just need someone to look. No, you don't. No, you don't. I just, listen, we need more income. Like, it's just, it's just a fact, all right? Like, we got things to pay for. Like, we just need to make more. And so I got to work more, see my family less, because we got to make, no, 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 you don't. Because if you ever, ever caught a glimpse of who you are through the lens of an all-sufficient Savior, a God who provides, you'd stop wasting your time with these deficiencies, inadequacies, and all these weaknesses that we spend our whole lives working to get rid of. Somebody say amen. Oh, man, if we caught a glimpse of that. And so Jesus, Jesus, Jesus saw this, this one coming. Devil thought he had him. Devil thought he caught him off guard, but the devil didn't know that Jesus was coming into a debate and he already had the debate questions. That is not, you know, talking about the election last year, okay? He already knew what was coming up, so he had a preloaded answer. The answer. Jesus hears the attack. He, he digs into his internal Old Testament. Deuteronomy 3.8. No, no, no. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. And Jesus begins to point out, listen, I'm hungry, but that's not what I need. I do have needs, but I, I, I don't run my life. I'm not fueled by them. I'm not governed by them. And he begins, to, he begins to educate the devil on the diet that he's been on. And I love that. I love diets. I have been on so many diets in my life, but how many of you know there's a difference between having a diet and actually being on the diet? 
I mean, come on now. You've been there. I loved having diets all the time. Like, I just love every time. I was like, well, you know, you do anything? Yeah, I'm trying the Atkins, you know. And I was eating ice cream the whole time. I realized this. I realized this when I got married to my wife, Jackie. She, she, she illuminated everything. She brought it out of the dark and she said, you want, it, it's New Year's. We need to, we need to have a, a New Year's resolution and we need to get on a diet. And I said, I love diets. I love which one you want to try. Name one, baby. This will be great. And she was so confused a week into that diet on a Saturday night. And I said, where you want to get pizza from, girl? And she's like, that is not on our diet. And I said, babe, (laughs) babe, pizza always tastes best when you're not supposed to eat it. You know this. Come on, somebody. You fasting for Jesus and 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, you are in the kitchen feasting on that selfish, sinful desire of lusciousness of eclairs. Come on, it never tastes better. Let's just be real. Like Craig Rochelle has said, he said, if, if, if sinning isn't fun, you ain't doing it right. <sighs> oh, babe, like, like, this is why I get on diets. And, she, and she's like, no, you are not eating pizza. I said, but babe, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. And she said, you wouldn't be so hungry if you ate the stuff that was actually on our plan. And I had broccoli and hummus that night. Jesus knows there's a difference between having a diet and being on a diet. Jesus doesn't just preach something that he doesn't practice. No, Jesus is very confident in his answer because he's been standing in this place called approval. He's been sticking to the diet. Here's what I found out. I found out that that when Jesus was led into the desert and he was led into a barren place, God did not lead him out there with empty hands. What I found out, this is pretty cool, what I found out is that when, when God put struggle in Jesus' calendar, he also put strength in him to overcome. Because get this, get this, this is pretty exciting. You gotta read your Bible. Don't just read one verse, go back like 10 verses, go forward to get the context, because this is pretty amazing. If you go to Matthew 3, at the end of Matthew 3, something just life-changing happens. Are you with me? Do you wanna know what happens? I need to know. Nod your head, great, you're there, great. Something incredible happens to Jesus. Jesus, he goes to the Jordan River. People all, there's people everywhere, but he's he's looking for a specific person. He's looking for a guy named John. John was loony. He was crazy. John was a crazy man. He ate locusts. He ate honey. He wore all sorts of different weird clothing. He had bad breath, but God was using John. They called him John the Baptist. John was baptizing thousands of people in the name of Jesus. People were turning away from their wicked ways. They were saying, I want life. And he began to baptize them in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus shows up wanting to get baptized. I mean, that's crazy. I can imagine John, the look on John's face. And then Jesus comes around, I'd love for you to baptize me. And John's like, no, <laughs> no. I, you're trying to trick me. I've been baptizing them in your name. I don't baptize the name, <laughs> Okay. I'm not going to fall for it, Jesus. You're tricky. (laughs) But Jesus says this. No, no, no. I never tell my people to do something that I don't do. I never, ever, ever, ever preach a message that I haven't already practiced. I, 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 
I never ever tell my people that they're going to have to endure things that I have not endured myself. Let me let you know something. If you're going through a hard place right now, you're going through something really difficult. And maybe, just maybe, a thought's crossed your mind and you're saying, how could God be so mean? How could you do this, God? How dare you let me in this spot? And God's saying, he's like, I've already been there. Already been there. I handled it. If you lean into me, I'll give you the strength to overcome it. So Jesus is like, I need you to baptize me. So John, all right, I'll do it. And here's what happens. Jesus gets baptized in verse 16. Throw it up on the screen after his baptism. As Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said this. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So I got to picture Jesus, this rascally little fellow, the devil shows up in the middle of the desert and he goes, if you are the son of God, I bet you Jesus had to have him repeat it. You want to know why? Because I think Jesus responded like this. If I'm sorry, you need to speak up some. I could have sworn that you just asked, you just said, if I am the son of God. Because I can imagine Jesus holding tightly to every single one of those words. And this devil comes in and makes it a question. If I am the son of God. And you want to know what? You need to start saying that over your life. You need to start responding rather than trying to wrestle against the devil, rather than trying to prove yourself. You need to stand on the firm foundation of who Jesus has called you to be and say, if, if I am valuable, I don't chase things to give me value. I am valuable. If I am, have worth, uh uh-uh. I don't try to work for my worth. I have been given that. If I am a son of, God, no, 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 no. He told me who I am. Jesus is like, if. And then he responds like this. Man doesn't live on bread alone. I live off of every word of God. I already ate. I am full. I went through another round on the buffet, baby. I am good. You know what? Just say that with me. I already ate. And this is how you need to respond when the things start showing up in your life. And you know what they are. I'll give you one of mine in a second. The things in your life that are saying, I can affirm you. I can make you feel better about yourself. Please do this. Stand with me. Stand with me. We're going to get into worship here in a second. Those things in your life, those people that you've been working so hard to please and you think that at the finish line you're just everything's gonna be great and Jesus is saying I've been here on the race on the track the entire time let me let you in a little pasture transparency I'll tell you a way that the devil gets at me and tries to get me to feed on needs that I don't really have it's this is that in an hour I'm going to be driving home and I'm gonna get home and I'm gonna have my phone right there and I'm going to go look at my phone and I'm going to swipe to the right on the second page of apps and I'm going to see a Facebook app and there's a Facebook app and there's going to be a red circle up there that has 
whatever, maybe 13, 14, 15. You wanna know what I'm gonna wanna do? I'm gonna wanna click on it. Because you wanna know what I'm thinking in my head? Did they like it? Did they like my message? I've worked really hard on it. <laughs> I, I gotta know, like, I, I gotta know. I gotta know that they liked it because if they didn't like it, man, then maybe I'm losing it. <laughs> I ain't clicking on that. Because I already ate. Here's my challenge as we worship today. Is that God cannot fill you if you are already full. And some of y'all don't even have an appetite for the word of God because you're just filled up on so much garbage that you've been eating on. I'll tell you right now, back to that diet deal, it is really, really hard to drink a fruit smoothie when you had two graders, black cherry milkshakes at some point in that day. There ain't no room. And so today as we worship, can we create room? Can we begin to just, hey God, I want you to fill me. And you want to know what? Here's what, here's what he's wondering. Are you willing to hunger? Are you willing to thirst after me? Because I can respond to an appetite, but I'll, I'll, I'll warn you, I'll warn you, God is not a drive-through. He is not Mickey D's. He, he does not give us patties of beef in 30 seconds or less, okay? God doesn't give us cheap stuff. When God serves up a meal, it took some time. It was in the crock pot. It had been sitting. And he's waiting to, would you wait? And this is what has to fill that point of you emptying yourself out between that and God filling you. It's courage. And that's what this next song is all about. It says, take courage, my soul. And I love this part. I love this part. It says, he is in the waiting. He's right Everyone close your eyes real quick before we get into this. If you feel comfortable, would you just put out your hands? Just put up your hands. You don't put them up high, whatever. Put out your hands like you are ready to receive something. John 6, people were hungry. They wanted more. And he said, you want to know what? Moses brought you manna, but I'm about to bring you something that is not from this world. In fact, the true source of life has come down to this earth to give you what you need. And they said, we want that. And he says, I am the bread of life. Let him be that for you today. Receive it. God, we thank you so much that you are here, that you are waiting on us, Lord. You want to bless us. You want to give us exactly what what we need. Would you help us, God, to not be so foolish and, and so stubborn that we think that it has to be this. No, I need that, God. If you don't give me that, then you're not giving. No, God, we want what you want to give us, Lord. Would you show us in this next moment the things we got to get rid of? And would you give us courage, Lord, to wait on you?